0: Sunday, 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 right here on twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. It's the Plex. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific and on into red light. We have the worst news in the week that no one else will cover. The Plex has it all. Conspiracy, right wing nut jobs, Christian extremism, and Madison star moon. Tune in every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media and find our full schedule at Echoplex Media Com.
1: At some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds.
2: That a their day
3: Everybody, welcome to down ballot we do the show live every tuesday at 7 30 p.m pacific right here on twitch twitch.tv slash echoplex media um i was prophetic i played the theme song to another show because it was appropriate for the times and then uh we had a technical issue which we needed about another song to fucking correct so here we are what's up councilman
1: not much. Uh, just loving it when uh, I, I forget that the the laptop here has to be plugged in pretty much constantly; otherwise, it just dies uh, in like five seconds or less. So, um, uh, thank you for accommodating me. Um, I'm always happy to hear uh, "Big Small Towns" by our good friends, Model Rocket Scientist. It is a fantastic t- tune, and it's so appropriate to down ballot. Um, again, this is the councilman. You can find me at t h e underscore councilman on Twitter. AKA Gringo Starkey. And I hope to see you there following me very soon. So I can get up over 130. Maybe that'd be kind of cool followers. Um, I feel like I'm building quite a following, not 130,000, just 130. Um, I just try to so. keep,
3: try to keep the ratio. So that 10 times as many people are following me as the councilman, as we grow. And I think everything will be fantastic.
1: Exactly. Um, I, I'm very proud to not get ratioed very often. People tend to like my tweets. So, um, uh, Good, good to go. Good to go there. Anyway, uh, happy to be here with you as always, producer Dave. I'm um, looking forward to uh, another fantastic docket of local derp. What's on the agenda for local love? Following uh, our our fantastic show here, so
3: there's uh, we're doing our, a rerun of uh, the first time we ever had Shark in the Water on Local Love. Mm. I, oh, very. It nice. was super fun, and it was cut into two one hour segments. So we're just going to run the first hour, put that out, maybe encourage everybody to listen to that second hour on the pod feed um <clears throat> oh, very and, nice. uh there'll be no post game the reason for that is there will be a meeting of the minds tomorrow in the morning um there's a podcast that is in direct competition with the intellectual dollar tree and i will be speaking to the host of that podcast
1: interesting in an interview or sort of a private conversation regarding the competition
3: Oh no it's for it's for the intellectual dollar tree we'll be running it as the content tomorrow night also will be a pre-record for intellectual dollar tree tomorrow night but we will do uh, some post game I've been looking forward to talking to this guy for a while he's a uh, educated at Oxford He's a cultural anthropologist and he's now teaching in Japan, but he's from Northern Ireland. So uh, his take on his take on American stuff is really interesting because he's sort of been on both sides of the United States, but hasn't spent a lot of time here. So I think we're going to have a good, productive conversation. There's a lot of stuff we agree on and a lot of stuff we don't. So I think people are going to probably expect me to go after him a little more than I will. But most of the reason I won't be able to do that is because it'll be at nine in the fucking morning. I am perfectly capable of being awake at nine in the morning broadcasting and being salty and, you know, doing the, doing the thing, maybe not so much, but it'll still be a good interview. And I encourage everybody to check out the intellectual dollar tree live tomorrow. That's Wednesday. If you catch this podcast when it comes out tomorrow, or if you catch this later, make sure you catch the, 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 the pod of that. And I also have some good stuff for the post game tomorrow. And uh, I have a couple other interviews coming up soon a couple couple that i've been looking forward to so the month of july or yeah the month of july will be kind of chock full of interviews on a lot of the shows it's looking like that's going to be really good culminating in in the at the very end with the person who uh their interview with sam harris was the first piece of content we ever presented on the intellectual dollar tree so i'm super Ah. excited about having Mm -hmm. her on to talk um so I've got a, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff going on and I'm I'm super happy. Plus a couple a uh, couple people related to the vaccine fight, uh one person who we've spoken about at length because of their uh unfortunate interaction with someone else we've spoken about at much greater length and then somebody who uh hopefully if I'm lucky, somebody who writes for the Science Based Medicine blog will also be joining me um this month or in July. So I got a lot of stuff coming miss- up in July. I figured now on uh, this quickly growing podcast is uh would be a decent time to mention. It also just real quick everybody make sure you check out how the tech are you Matt and I recorded that yesterday. Uh, HK's on jury duty so he's not ouch out, not doing any of this stuff. We talked uh, we had a good we had a good recording yesterday and that'll also be out tomorrow along with local love and uh down ballot. Wednesday is my very very busy production day. Also, big news, I guess I'll break it right now. I will be moving into the same house that the media wench lives in on Dun. August 1st. Dun. Dun. And we'll be
1: building out a fucking studio in the garage. I can see it now. There will be a shelf for the bongs. <laughs> no uh that's fabulous that's i i heard the news uh early on i was i was in the inner circle uh, of that news and i'm really excited about it i only wish i could be there to help you demolish and rebuild and uh assemble the great studio but as you know um the good wife and i are also going to be going through our own uh sort of transition as well but i'm i'm excited for you and for the well, the network
3: any ideas you have even if you're not there to implement them will be uh well appreciated because we're definitely going to try to because there's so much more space we're definitely going to try to make the studio space be an upgrade um even though we're not upgrading any of the equipment i don't think the the cameras and the sound are really limiting
1: it's just the goddamn square feet in this room yeah i mean mean, at some point we're going to have to do a show entire show about how good this show sounds right at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds who the fuck is that guy so anyway enough meet and greet Meet and greet. let's yeah, go yeah, ahead let's, and get
3: to the let's go ahead and get to the docket what do we
1: have for leading off well everyone's familiar with the honey badger meme um so listen oh there's view. a there's a whole other thing did you did you ever hear my conversation with honey badger radio oh god is there a se- wholly separate uh echoplex related honey badger meme oh don't even don't learn i'm gonna get into it you check it out <laughs> when you get <laughs> well
3: if, um, so, you, if you'd like to hear me destroy somebody who has no idea what the fuck they're talking about check out my interview <laughs> check out my discussion with the producer from uh, honey badger radio
1: well, um, in our iteration here, Honey Badger, come to Walnut Creek and don't give a flying fuck, basically.
0: Well, new at 11 tonight, an unwanted house guest in the East Bay. It's a badger and it's taken up residence in a Walnut Creek woman's front porch. There's an issue. The Wildlife Museum in Walnut Creek told her it can't capture the, the badger because it's illegal to trap badgers. Oh, I've called every agency in California and the feds. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Called
1: the FBI on a badger. What the hell happened? Seriously, rude.
0: Catch 20 Ts. So for now, she says she's going to have to leave her new friend alone on her porch, hoping at some point it decides to just wander off on its own.
1: (laughs) Pretty interesting there. (laughs) <laughs> pretty interesting raj um yes so uh we'd always like to start off with something a little bit light perhaps on a down ballot and uh honey badgers don't give a fuck right walnut creek redwood city it's like we're seeing mountain lions invading our suburban paradise here um have you seen any uh wildlife in your neck of the woods producer dave um not recently
3: no but i have definitely smelled that there's there's definitely a skunk around here
1: somewhere almost deaf and we've we've had a raccoon family that's wandered through our yard uh most consistently here uh the good wife and i we even had a possum that uh, i've always known them to be pretty nocturnal and docile for the most part and scared more of us than we are of them um but it, it, one of them came right up to our dog door um, one night, like right up to it, like sniffing it, like thought about coming in even. Um, and I was pretty pretty put back by that. It was right in the light, too. There was a, a porch light on, too. So uh, I think these folks, as we encroach more into their turf, I think they're going to get more, uh, uh, they're going to encroach more into ours. And good riddance, frankly. I mean, we've we've pretty much taken away most of their usable land. so. <laughs> except for the sewers i suppose so why why not um payback so this is this is the payback we got badgers and bears and mountain lions oh my
3: yeah it's i don't know i guess if it's illegal to trap a badger it's illegal to trap a badger but i i don't know like if that shit was on my porch i'd be pretty upset i'd be jumping True. out the studio window to get outside and shit i do not want to tangle with one of those fuckers
1: I, I feel like this is there's some sort of direct correlation between the cuteness of the animal or the general whatever perceived cuteness of the animal and the, the laws around it. For example, like we you recall the porkopolypse, right in San Jose, right the Johnny Camus uh, uh, vendetta against all pig, wild pigs that were tearing up Almaden, uh Porches and in front yards, right. So if they're ugly wild pigs and they're tearing up Almaden, we can euthanize them. That's what the city council had an emergency ordinance to do. You can shoot them. <laughs> um, but fucking honey badger, no, they're too cute, man. We can't, we can't have that. Um, and it's not necessarily Almaden either. This is like Walnut Creek. This is sort of like East Bay, um, you know, uh, you know, suburban uh, 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 neighborhood, not necessarily your hoity-toity um, Almaden or Cupertino, right. So, honey Badger's going to get away with what they're going to do here <laughs> until someone forces them to leave. Ah, uh, so um, you want to move on to winners and losers? Yep. Well, there's some fucking losers this week. Let me let me tell you, the Supreme Court being the biggest, or at least the six members of the court that voted for this, these shenanigans that we've all heard about ad nauseum. Um, but uh, here's a, we we've got some local. Uh, Angles here, and some some coverage of local lifers, pro lifers, who were pretty stoked about the whole the whole thing, and we're going to hear what they had to say, and try not to vomit on the other side.
4: Abortion opponents are getting what they've been fighting for for nearly half a century.
3: This is a monumental thing that we never, we really never thought we'd have this in America. We never thought it would get overturned.
4: Pastor James Cook is among those who have been protesting abortion services outside Planned Parenthood clinics for years now. For him, this was a watershed moment, returning the debate and decision on reproductive
3: rights to local communities. It should have been in the state's hands the whole time. Every state should have made those decisions by the people of the state. Chairman. John
4: Dennis, the chair of the San Francisco Republican Party, calls the end of Roe a reasonable decision. He also disagrees with those who believe the ruling will not only limit a woman's choice, but could actually put her life in danger, as some states consider full abortion bans with no exceptions.
5: I think there may be some
6: extraordinarily rare circumstances, but you know the, the vast majority of abortions are those of choice um, they are not where lives are, uh, you know, in jeopardy.
4: Dennis says he expects the ruling to lead to some heated rhetoric in the coming weeks, but also believes this move will actually strengthen the country.
6: The reason why the union survives and the union lasts because communities that fi- that that don't want the practice uh, happening in their states, they can make that decision for themselves. The states where they find that uh, that the practice okay to do, they can make the decision.
1: Where have we heard that before? Right.
6: The
4: Diocese of San Jose says he also welcomes the Supreme Court decision affirming what he describes as his belief that all life is precious, valuable, and should be protected. Some political leaders like former Vice President Mike Pence are now calling on a nationwide ban on abortion. But local anti-abortion activists are declining to go that far, saying they believe each state should be responsible for setting their own abortion policies. In San Jose, Stephanie Magallon, NBC Bay Area News. Stephanie, thank you.
1: What I really like is that the anti-abortion activist, uh, the pastor who they uh, interviewed, you know, he's all for the state's rights too. The funny thing is he lives in California where obviously we're going to do everything we can to defend abortion rights. In fact, there's going to be a a ballot measure um, that you're all going to be voting on in November, uh, listener and viewer, uh, to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution. Um, So... (laughs) What is Careful the, what, uh, what is more?
3: the, what is the threshold do uh, on a ballot measure for a constitutional ballot measure? Is, um, it, is it higher than
1: 50? I'm going to say it might be two thirds, but it is being put on by the legislature like the legislature has voted to do this. So it could be that it's only a 50% measure. I'd have to look that up. We'll find that out during ballot box bingo closer to November, but, um, I'll get the, I'll get the input on that. But yeah, it might be two thirds. I don't see that it, in California. I think it could easily get to that threshold. Um, Uh, abortion rights i want to say poll incredibly high in in california
3: i think it's almost i think what nationwide isn't it pretty damn close to two to one
1: it is um uh it does vary widely state to state i mean there's plenty of states where it's um either closer to 50 or it's below 50 percent support um choice that is um but yeah for the most part it's it's a pretty wide margin uh, but uh, So we'll, we shall see, but you will have a chance to, as Californians, we will have a chance to defend that right um, come November. So get ready for that. And that's predominantly because we have a you an know, overwhelming two-thirds majority, just about, in each house in the state legislature of Democrats who are willing to, um, to push for these things and, and get these things done. So elections matter. We've pretty much made the Republican Party irrelevant in California for the most part. Um, so good on us. Keep, and, keep going.
3: And not for nothing, as the Republican Party has become more and more irrelevant in California, they've become more and more, uh, let's say, unhinged.
1: Yes. I mean, the fact that, that the chair from San Francisco was on the air, you know, supporting this decision and basically saying that we should treat it just like slavery. <laughs> I'm cool with it. We're cool with it in San Jose. Maybe you're not cool with it in Campbell, man, but we'll, we'll, we'll totally do like, you know, bondage here. That's cool.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, It was weird that they chose to interview people who were, you know, uh, for the decision for that segment. But this is sort of the way local news works anyway, right? They're going to want to run the the segment that is going to be like a little bit more inflammatory to maybe try to get more clicks or more views or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, and to their credit, there were plenty of stories I could have, we could have pulled onto the docket about the decision and, and the 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 consternation of us on the left, right, and in the middle um, about it. But there's, I mean, I'm sure you're covering it at, you know, cover it ad nauseum in other areas, frankly, and I didn't really feel the need to do that. We're more, you know, we try to look at the other side of it a bit. Um, and it was curious that they, uh, they did t- decide to lift up that argument, it, it, like in a typical news story, right? You would it would be both sides in the same story, right? You would have oh, these are the folks that were are all about this. These are the folks that are against this. Here's where they differ. You decide, right? That's journalism. This is more like we've done all these stories about how this is really bad. We might as well do a story about the people who are you know uh, who support the decision. Um, so it's almost like throwing them a bone. Uh, it, but it does lift them up, and they're wrong. So fuck them. <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And as this as this comes in, I guess it's a time to
1: celebrate America. Yeah, well, it's time to celebrate elections. Um, and uh, so go out and vote. But first, fireworks.
3: Yeah, we can kind of tell um, that Fourth uh, of July is coming. It's late later in the evening lately when the window's been open here, people yeah. have been able to possibly hear the fireworks. I don't know. The setup <laughs> here is pretty good and blocks out a lot of background noise, but. I'm sure that some of the louder uh, booms have definitely been uh, audible on stream. So the stuff that we've been hearing in the background uh, during the late night here are probably not the kinds of fireworks this news story is going going to be about.
1: Well, I don't know exactly what safe and sane fireworks are, but we're going to find out thanks to NBC Bay Area. Well, just in time
3: for the upcoming Fourth of July holiday weekend, fireworks go on sale today, in a few more of the Bay Area cities that actually allow them.
4: That's right. Today in the Bay, Bob O'Dell joins us live from Dublin this morning with a warning from firefighters. I'm always surprised that they're still allowed to sell these, Bob.
6: Good morning to you, Laura and Marcus. And that warning from firefighters is that safe and sane, Indeed. even though they are legal, they can still cause wildfires. So they want you to be very careful about where you set these off. Starting today, a firework stands like this one here in Dublin. Uh, they will open up. Also in uh, Pacifica, Tracy, which of course is in the Central Valley, just over the Altamont, the city of San Bruno and Sassoon City. Those are five cities that will start selling Safe and sains today through the Fourth of July holiday. Now, just because your city sells Safe and it uh, doesn't mean you have free reign to set them off anywhere you want. You want to check with your city first. Case in point, you might recall this 120-acre brush fire in Pittsburgh from a couple of weeks ago where fireworks of any type are illegal. Uh, Con Fire says that will was started with illegal fireworks several hundred people had to be evacuated as the fire came very close to their
3: homes fortunately no one was hurt there was no not for nothing to evacuate a person means something gross you evacuate <laughs> buildings not people
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't property. want to be evacuated.
6: Uh, all fireworks, as I mentioned, are illegal in Contra Costa County, including the safe and sanes. Confire says even the safe and sanes, as we were uh, mentioning earlier, can lead to wildfires. Something to think about if you live in an area where safe and sanes are allowed. Last year, CoCo County strengthened the penalties for using fireworks, including new rules that will hold property owners liable for violations. And for example, in the city of Brentwood, which is in Contra Costa County, possession of fireworks can lead to a felony charge, jail time, and or fines up to $5,000. Brentwood PD says it will be taking a zero-tolerance stance if anyone is caught with fireworks in their city this Fourth of July holiday. And by the way, you can check with your local city, wherever you live, but there are a number of cities and areas throughout the Bay Area that will be hosting some sort of fireworks celebration this upcoming weekend. Reporting live here in Dublin, Bob Riddell, Today in the Bay
3: yeah there's always like a pretty elaborate fireworks display happening like on the street i live on and it's like it's like um it's like an episode of the wire where there's people like on the corner like looking for the cops and this is
1: an amateur uh, deal right like yeah yeah. a professional yeah this is the neighbors get coming out and doing a show yeah like
3: i said it's like an episode of the wire yeah yeah. (laughs) like there's kids Yeah, there's kids all the way at the end of the, yeah, there were these kids all the way at the end of the street warning the people setting off the fireworks with the
1: cops hey guys, coming. Hey Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, and at the end of the day, you know, the it, they can tout all the big shows and the professional shows all they want. The downtown show is back in San Jose. There's even uh, our good friend, Matt Mahan, got some funding for an Almaden Lake, you know, a fireworks show um, for all you folks in South San Jose who can't make the, the horrible trek to downtown San Jose. Um, or just scared of like the black people. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, it, it doesn't do anything to reduce the number of neighborhood displays and amateur shows and just people lighting off fireworks in their backyard. People are people, and like we've talked about a million times, right? Cities are cities, and people are people, and you're going. This is just the shit you're going to get, right? Um, in in cities of our of our size and urban areas of our size. So let's you know. You know, unfortunately, you got to kind of deal with it. Um, most cities have banned these banned fireworks entirely. Like, for example, San Jose, you know, you're not allowed to own, sell, set off anything, right? Um, except for the professional displays. And there's up to fines of like 1000 to $3,000. There's social host ordinances, meaning like if you host a thing at your house, even if someone else is setting stuff off and you didn't sanction it, if it's at your house, you get fined, right? So they've done all of this, but it's not curtailing the problem. And it still sounds like you know, a freaking war zone out there, Um, not to uh, make light of any war zones, but it does on uh, most uh, 4th of of July and New Year's Eves. And our dogs and our pets pay the price, honestly, because they're the ones that get freaked out the most by it. Um, But uh, yeah, there's not much we can do to stop it. So uh, it's interesting to see them continually to try. So I do
3: like, I do think that it's kind of interesting that these sort of, like places made out of entirely concrete and stucco are the places where it's all banned. Right. But the places where it's not banned are going to be places where the risk of fire is going to be high, higher than where they are. Like, you know what I'm saying? San Jose is not going to catch on fire because of amateur Mm -hmm. fireworks. But as you get out further places where it is legal, there's a lot of fields and, and just like, like trees and, more stuff to catch fire and it's it seems kind of upside down the way that that it's enforced or like the just where they're making the rules i mean maybe yeah. maybe we shouldn't be doing these things in an amateur basis at all because they can be you know it can be dangerous you can hurt yourself and you can set something on fire but it, just to me it's like you know you never hear when there's a fi- when there's a fire where thousands of acres burn it's never thousands of acres of the city the fire has nowhere to go in the city right
1: although that's i mean that's really what they're trying to prevent is like you know property damage right at the end of the day they don't give a shit about you know crops or trees or acres and acres of you know wilderness um and other animals habitats that get burned up right they just care we care about like did did uh, did the neighbor's house get burned down did our you know how, what, what's the dollar amount for property damage that's what they want to know so uh at the end, uh, it's interesting. You're, you're right, though. It depend, the more rural your community gets, the more lenient they are with fireworks. Uh, and like remember, the bigger of the bigger threat they are to your community. True, truth. Um, I mean, you go out to the Midwest, and they've got, like, you know, emporiums of fireworks on the side of the road that just pop up every year around the 4th of July for about two months, right? One month on each side. Um, and they do wild just business. It's, it's crazy. They're, they're swamped. Um, and these aren't safe, insane fireworks. These are like fireworks, right? You can get some serious shit at these uh, emporiums. So it's a wholly different world, um, depending. And that—that's not just the Midwest. I mean, that's the Central Valley too. That's not just you know way out there. We're talking about in Cal- within California. There's so many different kinds of communities, um, and you see different kinds of regulations everywhere. So, uh,
3: like, it just occurs to me, like, I don't know how I don't know how on earth you would light the financial district of San Francisco on fire with fireworks, right? true yeah
1: it's uh well maybe millennium
3: tower well i mean you just hit one of those you just hit one of those with a bottle rocket and it's going over (laughs) yeah exactly i
1: just just lean against it right slide a cigarette late one night lean against it and it's just toppling these firework
3: Um, uh, these firework stands where it's like no smoking i'm like i can't believe you have to put that that warning on your fire 100
1: you have to you absolutely have to for liability reasons if nothing else
3: right but i mean i just can't believe that like I just can't believe that anybody would be like oh i'm gonna go. i'm gonna light myself a cigarette and go buy some fireworks
1: absolutely are you kidding oh for sure man there's people probably chain smoking behind the desk at these places like <laughs> i don't doubt it yeah for sure they don't people don't think about these things don't don't give people too much credit don't give people too much credit people are dumb sir this is america <laughs> this is america this is america people are dumb sir um and the voters especially. I'm, I'm not one of those people that tries to give the voters more credit than they deserve. They don't deserve any credit. They're dumb.
3: They have a running gag on the majority report. It's called Sam Blames the Electorate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll blame the, elect, the electorate, the apostrophe electorate. Um, all right, well, enough about uh, fireworks in, in America. Um, well, let's move not on for to nothing, the, they do fireworks at uh, Great America. They do. This is about Great America. Great America. Um, so uh, apparently uh, the... The property owner of Great America has been looking for something to do with this property for a long time. It's no secret. Um, so the, the, the amusement park is not long for this world. However, it's fairly long for this world, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But the landowner has finally decided to sell and uh, move on. So this is the story.
5: It has been a mainstay for fun in the South Bay for tourists and locals alike since 1976. But the owner, Cedar Fair, announced today it's selling the land where Great America Amusement Park sits. We talked to local families about the sale as they exited the park this evening, and most were just hearing the news. had I had no idea. No. What? That's <laughs> actually insane. Oh, oh how, how sad. Bad. Well, we had a blast today, so I hope they stay open. The park will remain open and operating as is until its current lease expires in 2033, but it still comes as a shock to longtime South Bay parents who have been enjoying the fun here since they were kids.
1: And I've been coming here since I was in junior high, so yeah.
5: Oh wow, so you have That's a lot been of memories here. Correct. Maria Viramunta's son Jacob just got a season pass and has been having a blast on the water slides for the past two days.
6: I think it's very saddening. It's been around for a long time. It's going to be a big change.
1: Um, but We'll enjoy it while we can.
5: The city of Santa Clara tells NBC Bay Area it was just informed that there is no plan regarding the future development at the site. In a written statement, Santa Clara Mayor Lisa Gilmore said, On the surface, it appears California's great America will not change in the short term. My hope and goal is to keep California's great America there as long as possible in the long term. Levi yeah, Stadium. Levi
1: Stadium and then all these other corporation buildings, so hopefully there's like a place for the Happy. children.
5: The new owner, Lodges, tells us it looks forward to working with the city and others on a long-term plan for the property. In Santa Clara, Tom Jensen, NBC Bay Area News. Office buildings.
1: 49ers land. Office buildings. Or that too, or housing. Ooh! Mixed mixed use luxury housing. Mixed use. Mixed use. There you go. Good good ideas. Going to be mixed use. Mixed use. uh, Commercial residential retail. That's not going to work. But um, 49ers land, I think would be great. I think the Niners should buy it or at least rent it and turn it into a 49ers themed amusement park. The Joe Montana, whatever uh, water slide. The Jerry Rice roller coaster. The I think that would. The Joe Montana one would just be like a machine that
3: throws footballs at you at an incredible rate and you have to dodge <laughs> them. It would ah. ah. actually be an amusement park.
1: <laughs> oh my, this would be great. Let someone get Jed York on the phone. They've got $300,000 to throw at Cindy Chavez. I'm sure they have money to throw at this project. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, well, uh, if I I've, have you been to Great America recently, Producer Dave? I can't say that I have. Have you been to Great America, though? Period? Yes, of
3: course. When was the last time, can you remember? Maybe I was 17 or something. It was a very
1: long time ago. So it was at least 45 years ago. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> um, rude not sir. so long ago. No, it was definitely five years ago, I'm sure. Um, you, you don't look at day over 22. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot recall the last time I was at Great America. It's I don't think it was my teens. I, it could be, um, but it's been a while. And it wasn't for, oh, you know what? It, I, I was at Great America, but it wasn't to go to Great America. I was playing in a band our band had a gig at the little amphitheater they had there for a private party of some sort.
3: Oh, the last I time remember. I went there was for rave night. I, I, I wasn't playing, but yeah, I was in my early twenties. They had there a rave night so, there.
1: So that's, that's the last time I went there. I didn't ride any of the, the roller coasters or any of the rides or anything. I just uh, played my, uh, did, did my little jams and then left, got paid and got free food left.
3: Fun story um, about a rave night at a place. Some, uh, group hit up a friend of mine and, uh, we ended up talking to them about doing a possible rave night at raging waters. And I just went because I wanted to tell them that it was the stupidest fucking idea that anybody ever had in their entire life to put a bunch of kids on ecstasy at a water park. Yes. That's not, not safe. Right. I just um, went to the, I went to the meeting with my friend. My friend was like all for it. And a little surprised when I was like, what are
1: you crazy? It's not safe. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, what kind of God insurance do you have? God help us all. That's yeah, that's a little dangerous. Um, well, speaking of insurance and dangerous, um, apparently, pride can be a little dangerous occasionally. Um, I mean, Bali for Pride coming back in San Francisco, but apparently, there was some, uh, some there were some shenanigans. I don't know if you heard about this. Um, I didn't. Yeah, uh, there's uh, apparently someone decided they were going to bust out a little mace and spray it around during Pride um, at people who were just sort of like happy to be happy and chilling. So we're gonna hear more about it. Thousands of
3: people in San Francisco to celebrate as one of the country's I think thousands is kind of an understatement, but all right
1: Return to Market Street today A million for the first time since 2019, this year's parade comes on the exact date the Supreme Court legalized
6: same-sex marriage, seven years ago.
5: But tonight, the end of the celebration at Civic Center was cut short when someone sprayed mace near the stage. It triggered a panic with crowds running away, followed by street brawls. Here's NBC Bay Area Stephanie Magallon on the very unhappy ending to a very upbeat celebration. A security
4: guard I spoke with says at least two stampedes broke out with crowds running for the exits amid rumors of a gun. It turned out to be a false alarm, but with real consequences.
3: Everybody was panicked. I don't know if it's screaming, but like nobody really knows what's going on at first. So I was kind of like, why is everybody scared? And then I just hear gun, gun, gun.
4: Just before 530, as things were winding down at the Civic Center Pride celebration, police say someone reported a shooting near 7th and Market Street. They say it appears to be a false report but sparked some real panic. Apparently someone got maced. And as soon as the crowd started running, everyone started running. We spoke to several people running from the area, and many had no idea what was going on. But said with everything else going on around the nation, they decided to run when they saw everyone else doing the same.
3: I tweeted the other day, I was like, I'm kind of scared to go to Pride, just because I've seen all this stuff that's been going on around different um, Pride events.
4: Organizers issued a statement saying they cut the celebration short after some sprayed mace near the stage, citing safety concerns. But as officers were ushering people out, a new problem. Reports of multiple street brawls. This video was shot near Polk and Hay Street. You can see on the right two people fighting and others trying to join them. Some say it's the ending they didn't want but did expect.
3: Honestly, it was like kind of what I expected just based off of how things are going right now at the country.
4: But for most, we spoke with the Sunday night bumps were a footnote in what they see as an overwhelmingly successful Pride weekend. Oh no, it's Pride. We're going to show our Brazilians. In San Francisco, Stephanie Magallon, NBC Bay Area News.
1: All right, I'm totally obsessed of this piece now. That that I actually watch it. Like, th- they had no proof of anything at all happening to anyone. Um, it just seemed like secondary or secondhand. I mean, maybe there was some may spray, but that seemed. It seems like a lot of secondhand. You know,
3: right? And like, God. if there was just like one fight that broke out at a party that big, that's
1: pretty fucking good right yeah (laughs) i I would say so man a million people um anytime you get a million people together i mean probably um, not a million because i think a lot of people were
3: like inclined to stay home just because of the pandemic maybe some people weren't like in the going out mood plus some of the stuff we've seen going on around different pride events and some of the 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 queer moral panic going on but um but still there were hundreds of thousands of people attended pride and so if they like had video of like a fight it's like all right dude <laughs> like, yeah right whatever
1: yeah uh and comparatively right it's it's just not not even funny that uh so good on everyone for coming back great fun looks like i would love to be out there um myself um instead we were like out protesting the damn supreme court decision marching in the streets um as well so that was that was kind of fun. We'll have. I couldn't find any video of the local protests. I'm sorry, but uh, we, we they, there was a march in the streets that was unpermitted and would have been probably shut down pretty quickly by the cops had it not been a bunch of old white ladies. Uh, True that. But anyway, uh, speaking of old white ladies, uh, are we on to get your shit together? I think we are. And it's Silicon are we- Valley, get your shit together this week. Dude, Silicon Valley has always got to get their shit together in sort of a massive way um, right now, especially because the the Silicon Valley pain index was released recently. Um, I'll let uh, Damien Trujillo tell you what the pain index is. Hopefully he will explain it decently. Um, but uh, it, it's basically going to tell us that the richer are getting richer and the poorer are getting poorer. And it's not getting any better in terms of uh, the affordability, or the cost of living, or the just the inclusiveness of our city and region. So, Damien, take
7: it away. The report is a warning shot of sorts post-pandemic. As Silicon Valley companies are booming, the have-nots are left with even less. Ah! perhaps the most popular time of the day for summer school kids lunchtime in san jose's alum rock school district where mm-hmm. many of the families live at or below the poverty line anyone under 18 is allowed to walk in for a free meal whether they're in summer school or not
5: I it's probably the only place where they can get a warm food right so we want to be able to have that and to do that during the summer i think it's very important are the
6: ballonings
7: This grandfather says the summer meals are a great thing because so many are struggling right now. So this wealth inequality is growing. Dr. Scott Myers Lipton is the lead author of the 2022 Silicon Valley Pain Index. The report points to persistent inequality in booming Silicon Valley this year that includes drastic income declines for Latinos, African-Americans, and indigenous Americans. The bombshell this year 46% of children in the valley come from families who need help just to make ends meet. They can't provide the basics, Damien. They can't provide food, shelter, transportation, healthcare without the the support of the government or a nonprofit
5: organization.
7: The report also found inflation is only making a bad situation worse because it means every dollar won't buy as much as it used to which is why Alan Rock says programs like this lunch program are critical to at least keep children nourished while their families ride the uncertain economic wave.
5: Especially with the pandemic, a lot of our families did lose their jobs. Um, and now that everything is coming back up, we did find out that a lot of our families are actually taking extra jobs because the pay is so low.
7: A new report shining a bright light on the dark side of Silicon Valley. Damien Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News.
1: yeah at least they're getting fruit
3: yeah but and, like not for nothing like that's like half of the kids here are basically food insecure and like that's like yes. that's that's like a lot that's like oh yes. that's like that's like and i don't mean just a lot of kids that's just like, like a lot to
1: kind of think about and to consider it is uh, the, uh there are numbers um I, uh having worked in a public school district uh there are, you know, even in a, what you would consider like an affluent city or an affluent school district, like in San Jose, for example, um, you've got schools where it's a, uh, it's a public school, right? The demographics are shifted because you have parents in a community who can afford to send their kids to private school, right, who are majority white, right, um, and higher income. Um, And then on the other side of the spectrum are people of color and people of disadvantaged communities. And you find some schools that have upwards of like two thirds, um, if not 70, if not 80% of the students that qualify for the free and reduced meal uh, program. And it's not as though there's some really like low threshold to get in that program. Um, You need to go through some hoops, your parents need to file some paperwork, and you need to meet certain income thresholds. And like literally like two-thirds of of some schools the kids qualify for that program um and that should just that alone should make people (laughs) really question where our priorities are in terms of funding for for public education and for just supporting our children forget the education portion even like just the care portion giving getting keeping them fed keeping them nourished, um, so that they can learn so that they can, um, be fully active participants in society. Because if you can't, if you don't have shelter, if you don't have food, you know, how in the world are you supposed to do anything else? If you can't have the, if you don't have the basics. So, um, yeah, it's, and
3: and, and not for nothing. Like, it's not like those families, it's just the kids that are going hungry. It's the adults. and, And then, and then, then they're expected to like go work 10 hours and then course, like and while they're at yeah. work like you know like okay so like they got to go grab lunch at work okay maybe you can pack lunch but still like yeah not for nothing like it's 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 bad and it's like this um it's like this it's like the self-perpetuating thing where you know if you're if you're not getting enough to eat and you're at work then your performance is going to suffer and then you may be less likely to get promotions less likely to get raises possibly likely to lose your job entirely And it's, it's just this, it's just this nasty cycle. And, you know, um, people talk about it a lot and it's sort of a, like, like a cliche or whatever, but it's expensive to be poor. You know, you end up taking out payday loans sometimes because you really don't have much of a choice. And then next, your next paycheck is sucked up by the payday loan. You're, you know, when you're eating food, but the food isn't really, you know, you're not getting a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. If, if you if you're a person who eats meat you're not going to get a lot of high quality meat and then yeah. and then you you just your health suffers as a result and then you know as your health suffers your income is going to suffer and then you're going to you know it, i mean i could just keep going in that,
1: well, in that this, spiral dude, forever you know yeah you're talking about the like what do you want to call it the recidivism of our socioeconomic system right like uh it, this is exactly what this is about why, why certain communities cannot accrue wealth is exactly what you're talking about, right? It's expensive to be poor. Like you're spending more money than you're taking in constantly, whereas the wealthy just keep getting wealthier because they're making money off of investments and property and things that, you know, that uh, an interest, right? They're getting money, making money for doing nothing. Whereas the people on the lowest end of the economic spectrum are working double and triple time uh, to just to make basics and even then they're not making the basics. I mean, you think about the minimum wage. Oh great, we're at $15 minimum wage. And <laughs> fucking fantastic. <laughs> multiply 15 by 40 and multiply that by 52 and you're somewhere in like the $25 to $28,000 range. That's not going to get it done in San Jose or Silicon Valley, right? At all. You're definitely on you were definitely on CalFresh at that point. You were definitely on Obamacare at that point because there's just no other way. Um, and that's what's got to change because you're right. Until we, until you change that dynamic of it being more expensive to be poor, there's no way that the poor are going to be able to save up enough wealth and accrue enough wealth to pass on to their kids and to create this sort of generational um, uh, rise that we t- we talk about in terms of the American dream. We like to talk about it's not that doesn't exist anymore at all. Like people say oh, it's going away. It's gone. It's fucking gone. Um, so if we're going to bring it back, we have to really rethink that entire model and get more equity and, and more um uh, reparations frankly into the system uh, somehow and
3: also you think about if somebody is let's say somebody is an exceptional person a good problem solver hard worker whatever whatever metric you want to um use right for somebody being an exceptional person um now they're working three jobs are they gonna have the just the physical or cognitive capacity? To excel at any of those jobs, oh sure,
1: or, or just, or at the end of the day, have any energy left to give to you know nurturing their children and giving them a strong home environment, right, and and participating in their education and all of these things that um you know frankly you know white parents have the freedom to do at least one of them typically right um yeah at the end of the day like are they even know their kids right <laughs> think about that having three jobs. It's, I, I can't even begin to f- i know i have enough jobs that it's pretty much like having two but i can't imagine spending any less time with my family right and not feeling completely just ostracized from them <laughs> so i i don't know how yeah, like um when
3: i was I like when i was like uh i guess 12
1: or 13
3: and my mom went to work i thought it was the coolest thing in the world because i got to go home nobody was home right i thought that was pretty cool i got you know i turn up turn up the stereo you know you know do the thing but like that's like you know and i didn't know i didn't know yeah right like she didn't have to go to work she wanted to go to work she's a fucking software engineer (laughs) she was like i would like to work thank you very much and uh you know it never like when i was a kid it didn't occur to me that like when that happened that I thought that was cool. And it like never crossed my mind that like, Oh, it could have been this the whole way. And how would I have felt about this when I was seven?
1: Right. Right. Um, we, and you don't really appreciate it until, you know, it's one of those things I, you, I, I hated that expression and you hate it when you're young, right? When you're older, I will understand. Um, it's fucking true. Like, I mean, it's it, it goes without saying it's not like someone's a genius, like your dad or your mom wasn't a genius for saying, like, when you're older, you'll understand. Of course. Um, that's just how it goes. You learn things, um, hopefully. Uh, right, because but they didn't true. understand some shit when they were younger, and they're aware of it now. Right, and and absolutely, we're learning faster than our parents were. Every generation, right? Our kids are going to know more than we've ever, you know, learned uh, before they're like in kindergarten, and that's great. Um, But there are some, there are certain things about life that you just you learn, understand, you come to understand as you do have the experiences, right? Um, And and that's one of them is that uh, you know, for the love of God, you know, save. Don't spend, you know, like don't uh, go out and do fun, you know, do fun things, have a life, live a life, but don't live with reckless abandon. make sure that you're 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 putting away what you can and, and preparing um, for the future because it's not just about you, and it's not even really about your kids necessarily. It's just about um, your people. Like protect your people and save, you know. And don't listen to the man. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to the white man. All right, let's move to on to down
3: ballot watch. What's going on with Lowell High School? That's a San Francisco.
1: Speaking of the white men, um, yeah, I know this is in San Francisco. So of course, um, we're familiar with the recent uh, recall of San Francisco Board of Election member uh, board of education members. Um p- a portion of it uh, had to do with their approach to um, admissions and wanting to keep things equitable and fair and and uh for the most part balanced. <laughs> uh but uh Unfortunately, there's an inequity in this, not not unlike most school systems in the San Francisco school system, wherein, you know, schools in certain areas of town are much more, uh, better resourced. They're just better. They they score better. The students have better outcomes and better success stories um, in certain schools, mostly on the west side, um, than maybe schools on the east side, uh, similar to San Jose. And as such um, in san francisco it's caused a situation where there is um, there was so much demand for students to go to the good schools that they've had to curtail admissions and now uh, there there's been a controversy around how they're actually going to do admissions should we make should they make it merit based or will they go with a lottery which they've had recently which is um I don't know if it's the most equitable system, but it's pretty much you put your name in and then the lottery tells you if, if you get to go to the school or not. Um, so it's, I guess it's the fairest system. Um, but anyway, the school board has been debating this and it was one of the biggest, most contentious issues in the recall election. And it got three board members recalled. So now we're going to find out what the final decision was now that they've been recalled and the new board is is getting shit done
5: school officials now proposing a one year extension of the new lottery system at Lowell High School. The superintendent, Vincent Matthews, says there's no time to go back to the previous admission process based on test scores and grades for the next school year. The school district stopped the merit based admissions for ninth graders this school year. They said there wasn't adequate criteria to judge students because of distance learning during the pandemic. And last month, a judge ruled that the school board didn't follow state law when it voted to end the competitive admissions process at Lowell High School. Competitive.
1: Yeah. Competitive for a public school, right? This is kind of strange for me because the experience I've had at least is that um you're going to get, you know, if, if you live in the neighborhood, if you're in the if you're in the boundary of the school, the school in question. You're going to be able to get a seat at that school, um, right? Almost ninety nine percent of the time,
3: right? Uh, when, when I had heard some people, not necessarily that I know, but people that I sort of digitally know, talking about sending their kids to school in New York City, it's all lottery based charter schools. They call some of the magnet schools, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I was just like, what the fuck. This is like the this is like the Hunger Games, but for your like for your hey, middle school. What the fuck are you doing over there?
1: Yeah, magnet schools have existed for quite a while. Um, in in the public school system, um, you see them around like uh, uh arts or performing arts or uh, science and st- recently STEM. Right. Um, you see those type or math. Right. Uh, so you'll see those types of magnet schools. Right. And so parents can request that their student. Uh, for their child uh, gets to go to one of those schools and then that becomes sort of a lottery system, generally speaking, right? It's not necessarily merit-based. I'm really curious about this merit-based system and is it great? I, mean, I guess it's great. It's basically like evaluating you as if you were a college admissions officer and saying, if you can come to this this uh, public high school, um, I guess public universities have the same deal, but they're also charging um, heavy tuitions, right? Whereas uh, we pay for our use our tax, our tax dollars pay for everything um, we get from our public school system. So that's a whole other yeah, can of worms. That's a whole other can of worms. And f- it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to me. Uh, we can talk about it at length, but there's, um, there's a number of folks out there who, you know, voluntarily because they have the resources send their kids to private schools and yet they are taxpayers. Um, they are residents. They are paying money into the, the system of the public school system that they're not taking advantage of, which they're not taking advantage Um, and uh, and in some way supporting the education of other people's children. Um, And interestingly enough, just from experience, they don't seem to care. They don't seem to care that that's happening. They take it as a sort of fine. Like that's just the, the the price we pay for living here is that we're paying money to educate other people's children, but we're going to do what's right for our children uh in the meantime and that to me just i i it computes on, on the bottom line but it also just it, it seems really crass and really really cynical um and I, I i've tried many times to convince these parents that they should get engaged somehow in the public education system even if they're not going to send their kids there because they are taxpayers they do have a vested interest um in improving outcomes for the entire community not just their kids because because a rising tide um, does lift all boats it's absolutely true 100 um so the better that the lowest person on the rung is doing the better the entire community is doing Um, especially
3: especially at the schools and another thing that's going on there is the kinds of families that send their kids to public schools would be the kinds of families who would have a little bit of extra time to spend engaged with the public school in hopefully positive ways. Cause we've seen people Correct. engage with the public school system in very negative ways throughout the pandemic, but the, the, the kinds of parents with that kind of resources are also going to be able to take a day off. They're going to be able to, I don't know, give a presentation at the school if they're, if that's you know appropriate and th- those parents aren't even involved in the school system. And so not only are, you know, Fine, they're getting the money, but they're they're like missing out on some you know, the the, the system ends up missing out on some of these parents who are probably really dedicated to their own kids' education. If they could just broaden that scope out a little bit, send their kids to the public school and then get involved in the public school, I think that's better for everyone, even though the school's spending you know, spending a little bit of resources on their, their kid.
1: No, I I absolutely agree, Um, and there are examples of public schools um, locally where parents have made that kind of investment to the point where there are private schools in the area, but they are certainly challenged by the 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 public school because there is such an investment there from parents and from the and then when they see it, you know, from the district too, because uh, eventually, you know, when parents are are engaged that much and they have that much skin in the game they can move mountains when it comes to administration and getting them to do what they want right and what they're what they think is in the best interest of the school Um, whereas other schools may not have that kind of power Um, they don't have the administrators they don't have the parents who um, can advocate and make the make the case um, for uh, uh, for their kids and to have the time to make the case right and come out to board meetings and scare them (laughs) into into getting things done because School boards are very easy things to flip. Um they're it, it, you're talking about, you know, not a, not a ton of votes not a lot of awareness and if you can build a following, you can move mountains when it comes to school boards, like we've seen in these recent recall elections. So where I grew up in Fremont, it was a pretty
3: different scenario because the pub, the private school was a very Catholic private school. Was that um, Moreau or was the No, one? that was that was Moreau was in like Union City. It was like Prince uh-huh. of Peace or some shit okay it was like i I think that's the name of the school so if people like were in my neighborhood wanted to send their kids to say a private high school because the school was better they would be sending their kids to san jose because and you know what school they were probably sending them to maybe uh uh, uh, gender segregated schools um in san jose that uh, a lot of people may may or may not have gone to sir
1: (laughs) maybe the councilman and the good wife know a thing or two about you know um but that's not
3: because, but that's because, like, especially in my neighborhood, the high school was just stellar. Like, there were some problems where there were portable buildings while they were building the new school. But once that new school got built, I mean, the, the school was just great. I mean, yeah, schools have problems, whatever. Like, you know, and they probably had p- different problems maybe than a private school had, but the schools were great. And that wasn't even like the best school, the best school was up in Mission our parent was supposed to be the best school. There were a lot of people who thought that that was just because there were rich people there and the school was brand new, but the, that the academic achievement may not have been as much better as everybody said. But like the, the, the parents, some of the parents who may have otherwise sent their kids to private school, didn't want to deal with sending their kids all the way to San Jose and ended up sending their kids to public school. And I think that was Mm. better for the entire community.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think so too. I, I I I have to think that the especially in terms of diversity and diversity of perspectives, um I would I I, I enjoyed both. I, I, I got to go to uh, public school K through eight and I got to go to a private gender segregated high school. Um and then to a private co ed university. So I pretty much seen it from all all angles. Um and the public education I got I'll take that any day up against the private education I got. I think the private education gave me um, some certain values that I carry with me to this day, but they're really values that I already had within me, and they're nothing that I wouldn't have learned in a public school either. So um, I have to say that the public education uh, benefited me quite a bit. So um, we're we're looking forward to, good wife and I are looking forward to raising our child um, to uh, respect a public education and to hopefully the walk to their local public school. Yeah, for me it was public from the jump.
3: hmm Kindergarten all the way through university public. And uh I don't know. And you you um, came out okay. Um well
1: that's you know well <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's the subjective <laughs> opinion. But I, I, I like to think that you came out okay. You seem pretty nice. And any
3: of the any of the problems I caused were after I was done with my education, yeah. so it wasn't like a... causing more problems here than anywhere else. Yeah, so. really, we're co- definitely causing more problems on this show than than I caused it like while I was being educated. That's for sure. So we got, um you know, nobody ever people write songs called "fuck the police," but
1: nobody ever wrote a, wrote a song called "fuck the fire department." That's actually true. <laughs> they they pull higher, um not not too much higher, but they pull higher. Uh, the most
3: trusted profession in the United States. Do you know what it is?
1: Is it firefighter, or teacher, nurses, nurses, nurses? Okay, now yeah, absolutely now, especially.
3: Now that's waning a little bit because of anti-vaccine nonsense, but I think it's still the case that nurses are the most trusted
1: profession in the, in the my country. My mother, my mother-in-law is a nurse, and uh, I, I definitely trust her. Especially her sense in fashion. She's always buying me clothes. It's it's kind of cool. Hell yeah.
3: So it looks yeah. like uh, the San Jose Fire Department is not able to recruit people. Um, you know what's really funny is that, and I think that um, it's actually not funny, is that a lot of people, when they spend time in prison, uh, get firefighting skills, uh, wildfire skills particularly, and are sent out to do, a, to do a very dangerous part of that job. And then they get out, and then a uh, place like San Jose Fire Department won't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Well, that's rude. So here's a story about not what I was talking about, but just, you know, understaffing and, you know, not hiring felons.
1: It's adjacent. It's adjacent.
7: Firefighters say the current staffing levels are not sustainable. And with a wicked fire season already underway, they worry about what might lie ahead. The calls are coming in several times a day, fire after fire, taxing the shrinking number of men and women who fight them.
1: There's a huge concern of burnout. We've got, you know, fire. Firefighting is is a stressful job. The San Jose, and the guy from Sugar Ray sure is looking rough. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt's a good guy, though. He does. He does have that unfortunate distinction.
7: because of the department's low staffing levels.
1: We do need help. Um, it takes a toll on, on the mind and on the body. Somebody and, once uh, told me the world. We hate to see the mental well-being of our our members punished that much more with. Uh,
7: the amount of call volume running the fire union chief says several members have now filed claims for PTSD and if a big fire hits the San Jose Hills residents might have to rely on help from other cities and the San Jose firefighters who are already exhausted and stretched thin
3: it's going to be a tough summer and it's going to be a tough
7: next couple months that's not Good what morning. tony alexander wanted to hear his family was evacuated from mount hamilton road <laughs> twice during a big fire a couple of years ago he hopes crews are ready and rested I when the next the alarm smoke. goes off
1: yes i'm alarmed but uh... Also, do I have confidence that they're going to come up with a plan like they've always had?
7: In a statement, the fire chief said staffing levels were decreased by budget cuts between 2010 and 2012. The chief said as the city's emergency response demands and physical environment evolves, the department has continuously evaluated resource and staffing levels and suggested adjustments to maintain its effectiveness. The chief points to the opening of a new fire station and the planning for two more. He also has put several previously sidelined engines back in service.
5: We totally support it and we're glad that the fire chief is working with us to uh, be collaborative with new solutions on how we're going to be doing hiring.
7: But for now, the union says it's bracing for this fire season, hoping the firefighters who show up to the next call are rested and ready to fight the fire,
3: the heat and the fatigue. In San Jose, Damien Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News. So the guy they interviewed, uh, that black guy, his shit was right. His house was ready for fire season with brush cleared, like mm-hmm. not a lot of, not a lot of vegetation, a lot of vegetation that stays green all summer long. That guy has definitely had a few fire scares based on w- w- what I saw at his home. He, Responsible that, community member. That shit was on point, like exactly mm-hmm. how it needs to be so that when, mm-hmm. when, and if it, if, and when it does happen, you're giving the firefighters a fighting chance to save your home with a, uh, in fact, maybe the fire just skips your home because the, the path of the fuel doesn't go through your home. So good but on him. Right. Good on him for properly preparing his property for fire season. Or maybe that's just how he keeps his, his place. So good on him.
1: That's actually how Tony keeps his his stuff in general. Um, the good wife and I are actually lucky enough to know uh, uh, Mr. Alexander. Um, he's ab- absolutely a fantastic dude, and I have no doubt that he keeps his shit on point in terms of uh, keeping that shit clear of brush. He, he would uh, I would expect nothing less. He is a responsible resident. Um, so thank you, good on you, Mr. Alexander, and good to see you on down ballot. Your for your first appearance. So in the chat,
3: it's funny. People were like, hey, we asked you to defund the police and then you defunded the fire department instead. (laughs)
1: Oops, (laughs) we did it again. Um, Sorry about that, guys. Um, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. I work for a cop, so we'll we'll see what we can do.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, we got and another thing. And I just love it when you find me a story with one or more goats.
1: I mean, anytime there's a, a story with wild goats, especially, I think of Down Ballot and I think of you, Producer Dave. So let's just run it. I don't even want to like get in the way of this this fantasticness.
4: Or You have to take a look at a wild day for one Santa Rosa police officer. He managed to capture a goat that was on the loose and it was all caught on camera. It happened yesterday. The goat got out. That's Officer Ellsworth chasing and tackling the goat. Probably the funniest part though is listen to the person. Recording the incident, had trouble containing his laughter. The officer did manage to catch the goat,
1: and it was returned. <laughs> to- Aww, the poor goat. I feel so bad for this goat. I want the goat to be free. <laughs> I do too. The goat apparently wanted to be free as well. Right. It was trying. It tried its best, but it was caught. Um, eventually, the, even the greatest of all time uh, gets, gets come up on by, by their competitors.
3: So my favorite goat story, and I think it was one of the ones we ran when we first started doing video mm. uh, for the show. And I think it was back in the Plex days was <clears throat> there was just a like a ton of goats that were on the loose. And there was actually a famous video from that incident because the goats were like bobbing their heads and like the, the, the staying Alive was put behind them. And that video went right. completely viral. If you search right. for disco goats, you can find that video. And it's a video that we played on this show on probably on the Plex, obviously without the staying Alive music, but it's just, it was just kind of, it's just kind of neat to have seen something that we covered go viral
1: because somebody did something
3: creative with
1: it. Right. And of course, if we played the staying Alive music, we would get shut down because that's sort of like, you know, how YouTube rolls, right? They...
3: Well, we're we're not on YouTube. Twitch is a little bit, a little bit more like the Wild West on that. As long as you delete the vod, otherwise I wouldn't be able to DJ till four in the morning. But but I, but I do like stories with uh, I do like the animal stories at the end, especially when it's a goat story. If you see a goat on the loose, unless it appears to be a danger to itself, let it roam free. Let the goat roam free. Let the goats go bowling. Oh, what's that song? Is it? There's like a Take post- the Skinheads Bowling. Yeah, it's
1: a, like a post punk song. Yeah, Take the Skinheads Bowling. That's a classic. I don't know if we can play it on. No, uh, absolutely I don't know if we can play it on this, play this, this Absolutely can. We, although, although they seem like the type, if you
3: emailed them, they'd be like, yeah, sure,
1: go ahead. But then they're then the the,
3: Skinheads
1: Bowling. But then yeah. their
3: then their record label wouldn't be so you
1: know, cool with that. Truth. They would probably not be cool with that. Well, we'll just have to live with you know uh, another Rebels Camp song or audible smoke signal
3: audible smoke yeah that's been down. downbound thanks for joining uh, me for the show this week you want to read us out
1: yeah why not uh thank you producer david for uh running the ones and the twos and the dials as always and all the clips um and thank you listener for downloading this wonderful podcast please share it with a friend and make sure that they do so as well we're really excited to see the numbers jumping and uh, we hope that you're enjoying what you're hearing um if you're watching the show on twitch keep watching give us a sub, um, tell your friends to sub and uh, make sure you share the link with friends. And uh, other than that, we uh, really hope that you're getting vaxxed. We really hope you wear a mask um, when appropriate. Uh, Pants are always optional and try to be friendly to your neighbors, except for the one who's building a McMansion with a five foot setback. Not cool. Oh,
0: To get the party started Pick up my phone Just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car Just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette And I hold my drink I look at all my friends They're all blazing greens. they They're at the front of the stage Waiting for MTV Where all those guys who's Standing next to me With a pipe in his hand Ready to blaze for me About five minutes later We're all singing We're in the park. up on and like the scene, yeah. we do what we want, and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band, we do what we want, and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band, enjoy that band, I turn and head back. The bar for a refill, man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car to smoke another one, Whoa. and another one. Whoa. Now just when the magic starts kicking in, now you be left and you know now it's time to head in. All right, everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink, pocket if you got it, and then pass it to me. Yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. <laughs> We do what we want What we want to do and what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the pain Enjoy that pain Last up on the bill for the show tonight It's down and dirty and five so we're headed outside Just fuck up another joint now who's got my light A stoner, E of course, shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy I don't think logically the E Take you on a psychedelic odyssey Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit We smoke a lot of broccoli Rocky the You're the sexy groovy jockin' me ain't too drunk to fuck But don't probably do a We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band the Dance with the band and enjoy the band We do what we want and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Bob yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Marley said that he like jamming, and he hope he liked jamming too. Well, I gotta say, thank you, Bobby, too. Yes, I gotta say, thank you, Bobby, too. Well, Bob Marley said that he like jamming, and he hope he liked jamming too. Well, I gotta say, thank you, Bobby. What we want to do, what we want is the jam, so sit back and enjoy the bed. Enjoy the bed. We do what we want, and what we want is the jam, so sit back and enjoy the bed. If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at ecoplexmediacom support.